Oh, really, Psycho? Me, the Psycho? I'm not the one who's been looking at the guy in the Adidas swimsuit thinking, yeah, that's a hot swimsuit on that guy. And it's a girl's swimsuit. Just making a judgment on what I see. That's all. You know, I, <laughs> I, I come from a time where a boy wouldn't have ridden a girl's bike. Yeah. My sister would be like, you take my bike. No way am I taking your bike. Right. No way am I taking it. To now guys are modeling. And women are the ones that aren't pissed off about it somehow. Yeah, it's somehow. Like, yeah, this is totally fine. This is normal. Let's go along with this. It's so crazy. Luckily, there is enough pushback. I yeah. Think. Uh, today, we're going to talk to you about the things we're fed up with. Uh, goes with our special that's happening tonight on Blaze TV. Um, this is a packed show uh, with a lot of information. And I think perspective, when you look at it in its totality, um, perspective that you just don't find anywhere. So you're going to love today's podcast brought to you by Jace Medical. Jace Medical is uh, a product that they came out with the Jace case, and I told you about it because I think it's great to have antibiotics on hand in the house, um, and you can get those um, from the Jace case, but they've come up with something else called the Jace Daily. This is critical if you are somebody who believes that maybe we might run into some supply chain problems or there might be a breakdown of something for a while. Where do you get your medicine Things like cholesterol, diabetes, heart health, blood pressure, um, mental health, all of that medicine, if there's a disruption and you can't get it, there's a lot of people walking around that shouldn't be walking around now because of the miracle of modern medicine. They are. So what happens if there's a breakdown? Please get the peace of mind gained by having a long-term supply of your vital medications. You can get a year's worth, a year's worth of your medication. Check it out now at jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. Enter the promo code Beck at checkout. Get a discount for the order. It's promo code Beck, jacemedical.com. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. So right now in Washington, uh, the FBI is whistleblowers are testifying. No one but Fox News is covering it. Let me tell you what's happening. There are three FBI whistleblowers that are testifying today, not just on what they've learned, why they blew the whistle, but now how they're blowing the whistle has destroyed their life. There's no protection for whistleblowers. With the FBI, DOJ, it's not happening. It's not happening. Adam Schiff, those whistleblowers, oh, yeah, no, uh uh-uh. They're completely protected. In fact, they got promotions. These guys? Intelligence analyst Marcus Allen has alleged the Bureau suspended his security clearance for raising concerns about the factual accuracy of testimony that FBI Director Christopher Wray gave to Congress about the events of January 6th, the Capitol riot. During March 2021 hearing, Wray made remarks suggesting the FBI or law enforcement had not infiltrated certain groups that attracted blame for violence at the Capitol during the incident. After viewing a news article suggesting the opposite, 
Allen wrote to his supervisors, asserting there is a significant counter story to the events of January 6, 21 at the U.S. Capitol. There is a good possibility the D.C. elements of our FBI organization are not being forthright about the events of the day or the influence of government assets. Well, what did they do? Uh, they they uh, suspended his security clearance. Despite my history of this is what he's testifying to today, despite my history of unblemished ser- uh, service to the United States, the FBI suspended my security clearance, accusing me of being disloyal to my country. That is an outrageous and insulting accusation based on unsubstantiated accusations that I hold, quote, conspiratorial views, end quote, regarding the events of January 6th, and that I allegedly sympathize with criminal conduct. I do not. Instead, it appears that I was retaliated against because I forwarded information to my superiors and others that questioned the official narrative of the events of January 6th. As a result, I was accused of promoting conspiratorial views and unreliable information because I did this. The FBI questioned my allegiance to the United States. This has been a trying circumstance for me and my family. It has been more than a year since the FBI took my paycheck from me. My family and I have been surviving on early withdrawals from our retirement accounts, while the FBI has ignored my request for approval to obtain outside employment. Okay, you're a traitor. You are not loyal to your country. Uh, you're going to have us, we are going to revoke your security clearance. So you can't work. We're not going to pay you and you can't work anywhere else. What do you think that is? You think that's a message to anybody? How about this one? Special agent Garrett Boyle. He testified the FBI prioritized investigations into anti-abortion groups in the aftermath of the 22 Dobbs versus Jackson decision that overturned the constitutional right for the procedure. O'Boyle questioned the point of such an approach, noting that it was pro-abortion protesters who demonstrated outside of the homes of the Supreme Court justices, which I don't think any of them went to jail. He further contended that he was asked to speak to his anti-abortion informant about potential threats against the justices that the FBI wanted its agents to look into the pregnancy centers. Despite our oath to uphold the Constitution, too many in the FBI, he's saying today, uh, aren't willing to sacrifice for the hard right over the easy wrong. They see what becomes of whistleblowers, how the FBI destroys their careers, suspends them under false pretenses, takes their security clearances and pay with no true options for real recourse or remedy. This is by design. It creates an Orwellian atmosphere that silences opposition and all discussion. In his remarks, he recalls the oath he swore to defend the country. He said, my oath, however, did not include sacrificing the hopes, dreams and livelihood of my family, my strong, beautiful and courageous wife and my four sweet and beautiful daughters who have endured this process along with me. So what process did he go through? Well, security clearance revoked, 
So he can't find another job. He can't. They won't allow him to find another job. But he was given the opportunity to move across the country and take his family. And they gave him this opportunity when his daughter was two weeks old. So his wife is still recovering from pregnancy. The house is all up in arms. Uh, But he takes his children, his newborn, his wife. They sell their house. They move out. Uh, They're about to uh, move into their new house. Day one of the new job, he's suspended. So now he he doesn't have any money for a house. They become homeless. And the FBI does not release their home goods, including their clothes, for weeks. Now, what do you think? Do you want to live in an America like that? Do you realize, Democrats, this, we are repeating the exact pattern of the Weimar Republic. We're repeating it. And the people in the Weimar Republic thought, oh, well, we're going to control everything forever. And gee, it didn't work out that way. You don't want either side having this kind of power because you don't know what others are going to do with it. You have absolutely no way to get out. Let me ask you this. Well, no, I'm going to let uh, I'm going to let the good Senator Bill Haggerty ask it. Listen to this. Good question, America. We should all ask. Cut three. Let me just come back to what I'm trying to understand then. If the FBI has in evidence, has uncovered evidence that alleges criminal conduct by the president. I'm sorry. And you then, I presume, hand this to the DOJ if you uncover this. But I understand the DOJ's policy is they're not going to charge a sitting president while that person is president. And the DOJ is not going to provide that information to Congress, not going to comply with subpoenas for documents. Um, it, it feels to me like it's a dog chasing its tail. And the question is, if illegal conduct is alleged or uncovered, how does the Congress or the American public ever get that evidence? Well, I, the um, decisions made by DOJ uh-huh. uh, about uh, how to staff prosecutions, uh-huh. which U.S. attorney's uh-huh. offices, which counsel to appoint, right. all those sorts of things yeah. are uh, entrusted by regulation to the department, right. to the attorney general. I can right. speak to what the FBI's role is uh-huh. and my expectations of FBI agents. Not answering um, the question at those all. Those are the ones I've communicated. Uh-huh. But to be clear, if evidence were uncovered by the FBI, you would hand that over to the DOJ. They then make the determination, whether it's the attorney general or, the, in this case, the mm-hmm. Delaware U.S. attorney, what to do with that evidence. And again, their policy is not to charge a sitting president, and we can't get the evidence in Congress. Is that correct? Decisions about who to charge, uh-huh. what to charge, uh-huh. uh, those are decisions made by prosecutors at the Justice Department. Okay, including stop. The U- so then, so wait a minute. So Congress says we need the facts so we can do oversight to see if there's any kind of, of anything going on. Why are you doing this and not prosecuting that? Well, I can't get into it. It's an ongoing investigation. 
Well, yeah, but you work for us. We have oversight. We want to see your work. Show me your work. Even Common Core says, show me your work. Okay? No, we can't. We just can't do it. Because, you know, it's it's secret. We don't want to reveal anything. Wait a minute. One of the things we want to investigate is how all of the FBI sources linked up with the media and fed them all of these lies about Russiagate. So, wait. Well, yeah, I mean, you can refer it to the Justice Department. I don't have anything to do with the Justice Department. I'm just in the FBI. And I can tell you that I, you know, I, I'll investigate anything they want me to investigate, but they have to ask me. Uh huh. So you've said you have this evidence, which you won't show us. You've given it to the Justice Department. The Justice Department, they won't prosecute. They won't tell us why they won't prosecute. They won't even show us the information. How are we supposed to conduct oversight? Do we work for you? This is what the senator should be saying. Do we work for you or do you work for us? Because I know the Constitution says I work for the American people as a senator or representative. I work for the American people. And we know because we have a representative government, not everybody has to know everything but is the, as representatives, when we feel something is wrong and the American people think something is wrong, you have to show it to us. So, America, how exactly do you fix this? Do you know what the, what the Durham report actually said? You know what the, the real problem was? The reason why he said there should be no arrest or anything else. He didn't. He said, because you won't get a fair trial. It won't, it won't happen. It'll all happen in Washington. Okay. You, you have the Justice Department, the FBI, except here's how he said it. We don't need new laws or procedures. We need the laws that are currently on the book and the procedures that have all been agreed upon to be instituted and used. That's the problem. And he said the hearts and the minds of those in the Justice Department, those in uh, intelligence and the FBI, until those are changed, you won't get anything done because and i'm quoting there is no fidelity to our system of government and our constitution think of that there is no fidelity nothing to see here gang nothing to see here except the core being absolutely rotten now, I'm not going to give this to you and then say, okay, so I'm interested to see how that works out. I, I, there is a way to do it. There is a way to, to make sure that we hold these people accountable. And it's not going to come from Washington. It is going to come from you. Get the pitchforks on the torches. Nope, that's not it. I'll tell you tonight, 
but it's going to require a massive movement to do it. Join me tonight, Blaze TV, 8 p.m. Eastern. Invite friends and neighbors to watch it with you. We need to get something done, and there is a way to do it. Mark Levin joins me tonight, beginning at 8 p.m., only on Blaze TV. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Peter, how are you, sir? I'm great. How are you, Glenn? I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, are you encouraged or more frustrated uh, when you saw the Durham report and what's happening in Congress and what they have been releasing lately on the, uh, Criden, uh, the Biden crime family? Well, Glenn, I would say I'm not a pessimist. I'm not an optimist. I'm a realist. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I feel like we are making progress. Um, I think that if you look at the House Oversight Committee's uh, report, um, we now have a congressional committee using its subpoena power, revealing to the American people what the Biden family has been doing. And let's remember, Glenn, they've only got the banking records of four of the 12 banks uh, that the Bidens were involved in. It's crazy. So, so, you know, yeah, I mean, right now they're at 10 million. I'm confident that when it's all said and done, they will reach 30 million, which is what we believe uh, the Bidens received based on the laptop. And I'll tell you, Glenn, uh, I think the investigation is going to take a very interesting turn, specifically focusing on Joe Biden himself. So, we noticed in the laptop there was a um, email exchange in 2017 where Hunter Biden is complaining about uh, how he's tired of paying his dad's phone bill. Right. And we went back and looked and found that Rosemont Seneca Partner, his business, uh, gave a private phone to Joe Biden in 2009 and paid for that bill throughout his vice presidency. So this is not a government phone. This is not a family phone that Hunter Biden, that Joe Biden had as vice president. This is actually one paid by Hunter Biden's business. We located that phone number. It was provided to certain people. And we now understand that the House Oversight Committee is subpoenaing those records. So we will actually know who Vice President Joe Biden was talking to, the timing of those calls. And I think this could be a potential game changer in terms of really highlighting the role that Joe Biden's had. We know about the meetings. We know about that he benefited from some of Hunter's money. But this could be a real game changer, Glenn. Okay, so let me ask you, because what the media is saying now, it's exactly what happened with the Clintons. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Well, it doesn't matter. Wait a minute. What? Why have we been arguing? Um, They're now saying, okay, maybe some of this stuff is true, but there is nothing illegal with what Joe Biden was doing. Um, A, I don't think that is true. There's lots of different angles on this, but they say they can't track any of these things to him using his influence as the vice president. Is that true? And is that the only reason this is illegal is if they can say, well, he changed this policy. No, uh, no, it's not. And let me give you a a couple of examples. I mean, people focus on the sort of quid pro quo that, you know, a politician gets money and they change their vote or they make a decision. You know, imagine if you've got a county council member who's taking money from developers uh, and he votes for something and he gets caught. His defense that, well, I would have voted for it anyway. 
is not going to fly. You're not allowed as an elected official or as family members to take payments from people as it relates to decisions that you are making. And the bigger question, Glenn, is do we really want to live in a country no. where it's okay for family, for politicians, family members? I mean, the Speaker of the House, the Secretary of Defense, the Vice President, the President, for their family to be taking money from Chinese or other foreign entities. No. And the standard becomes, oh, this is okay, it's not illegal. I don't think anybody wants that. So they, they are standing on sand. They have continually shifted their story uh, and the media's backed them up. First, there were no business deals. Then it was Joe didn't know about those business deals. Then it was Hunter didn't profit from those deals. Now it's Joe Biden didn't make decisions. I think at the end of the day, that is going to collapse as well. These things just take time, unfortunately. You and I talked about this first in 2018, Glenn. You were one of the first people to stand up and say that these Biden deals with China are terrible and bad. That was five years ago. We are now finally at the point where, where we have a congressional investigation with subpoena power, where we are actually finding out what they are discovering, as opposed to the grand jury or the DOJ. So it's taking a while, but things are moving in, a, I think, a very, very good direction so far. So um, the media believes that if, you know, a, there's a whistleblower in the forest and he testifies in the forest, but nobody's there, uh, you know, it didn't happen. Um, that's uh, that is no longer true. However, the media has doubled down on um, on making sure they're not covering any of this stuff. So what's happening is we are actually becoming even more divided because th- half the country is being told nothing here, nothing here. There's nothing going on. Yeah. And look, uh, what I would say uh, to people in the mainstream media is look at the surveys of uh, faith in America's institutions. Yeah, Congress is really bad. The presidency is really bad. Uh, The government's really bad. The media is the worst. Um, The polls consistently show that they are absolutely torching themselves by standing up and, and, and basically covering up, I would argue, for this administration. Uh, if you if you change the name from Biden to Trump or to George W. Bush on any of these activities, they would be all over it. And the vast majority of the American people know that uh, now it works for a while, Glenn, as we know, because as you guys were talking at the beginning, uh, most people, unfortunately, don't do a lot of research for themselves. They don't listen to you or the blaze or other alternative media. But there is an accumulative effect that we're seeing here. There are a lot of polls now that are showing the majority of American people see this as a problem. And my view is if the mainstream media wants to continue to torch their brands and their credibilities no, for this, for yeah. let them do it. Let yeah. them do it. So um, it's not just Biden. Um, you know, when you talk about Hunter Biden going to jail and everything else, that's just only right. We, we found 170 crimes that Hunter Biden has committed that were all dismissed. One hundred and seventy crimes. Uh, That's pretty remarkable to not be charged with anything after doing this. I mean, like a Bonnie and Clyde hooker show all over the country. Um, But it's not it's not just Biden or Joe Biden. This now involves the IRS, the FBI, the Justice Department, all of it, all of it. 
is corrupt. Yes, yes. And it does show that we have uh, sort of a one party uh, entity in Washington, D.C., this sort of seamless uh, connection between the Democratic Party and major elements of the government bureaucracy. And let's remember what it said about Richard Nixon. What got Richard Nixon was not the original crime. It was the cover up. And I think what you are seeing again, I would say to people in the FBI, people in other government agencies, look at how the American people lack trust in you and how this has happened really over the last eight years. This is this is a new phenomenon that generally began uh, with the disinformation about Trump and Russia collusion cover up as it related to the Clinton's crimes. You'll you'll notice that. uh, that, uh, you know, in my book, Clinton Cash, is mentioned in the Durham report. Again, you were one of the first people to interview me on that book. But that is what is torching these institutions. If they want to go to the mat for this family um, and for their corrupt activities and destroy the institutions that they have spent their lives building up, let them do it. There's not much we can do about it. We're going to continue to uh, expose the truth and bring it forward. And I still have enough faith in the American people that they are going to make the right choice and really be angered by this. So there's a couple of things. First of all, any comments on the FBI and uh, and what we just found out about the Clintons investigations? Yeah, I'll say, Glenn, uh, in 2015, uh, when Clinton Cash came out and you remember, we did a um, we, we, we shared the book uh, in advance with yeah. a couple of uh, investigative reporters, the New York Times. They ran a 4000 word from front page piece confirming all the elements of the uranium one deal i was contacted by the fbi shortly after that um and and they you know didn't tell me what they were going to do but but that really kind of set off the investigation as the durham report points out and what's stunning to me glenn is that you know in contrast to the russian dossier which they pursued with vigor which was anonymously sourced all made up no way to confirm it the allegations that we made in Clinton Cash about the $145 million they got from the uh, uh, you know, investors in Uranium One and the fact that they transferred ownership of that to the Russian government uh, was all based on public information. We actually had transfers of money going to the, yeah. the, the, the Clintons as, as well. Um, and as the report makes clear, I wasn't aware of it at the time, um, it was shut down. You had three separate field offices that independently decided to look into this. I think it's Little Rock, New York, and Washington. The, the headquarters of the FBI consolidated that investigation, which is kind of unusual, hmm. and said, no, 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 we want it all consolidated. And then they basically killed it. And as the report makes clear, one of the reasons they killed it is because they thought, well, Hillary Clinton might be president um, and we don't want to tick her off. Wow. Uh, so that, that, was, Unbelievable. that was pretty stunning. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's interesting that the do, they do the opposite. They consolidated on Clinton so you didn't have three separate investigations. And when it comes to uh, January 6th, they're breaking everything up and not using one investigation. They're making it thousands of investigations. Um, the There's a new story out um, that uh, says that people believe that Obama knew about the family business, the Biden family business, and that's why Obama didn't want Joe Biden to run, because it would be exposed. Do you believe that? Uh, I don't know about him not running. That may be true. But I think definitely, if you look at what the Biden family was doing, and there were hints of this, there were, there were some, you know, when, when Hunter signed up to uh, work for Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company in 2014, 
there were murmurs in the in the uh, Obama camp about, oh, this is not such a great idea. In my mind, there's no question they knew what was going on. The bottom line is they just looked the other way because right. they didn't care. And that Joe Biden was picked because he was supposed to be, ironically, the guy with gravitas and foreign policy experience. And he was supposed to be the statesman to help this young senator from Illinois, Barack Obama, uh, govern, uh, uh, govern the country and hand- handle international affairs. So there's no question in my mind um, that they knew. And of course, as we've talked about in the past and as we've highlighted in, in our work here at GAI, the Biden has, you know, friends and others uh, who uh, engaged in uh, commercial activities that, that they benefited from decisions Barack Obama took. Um, so Obama may not have had the adult children uh, that Joe Biden did with with, you know, Hunter, uh, but he had very close friends who profited from deals uh, handsomely that Barack Obama made happen. So unfortunately, this is not just limited to Joe and it includes the Obamas as well. So tonight on, on the uh, special we're doing at the blaze, I'm, I'm trying to show how these things happened. And, uh, you know, we were going back and forth with the writers last night and, uh, I said, you know, I don't know anybody with an offshore account. Uh, (laughs) and the Bidens have a lot of offshore accounts. Um, it, it, and, and a lot of LLCs, I think like 20 LLCs in the family that just pop up, you know, the grandson all of a sudden has an LLC and an offshore account. Um, do we have any idea what those businesses are? Is there any way to stretch that these family members getting all this money are doing anything for the companies? <laughs> Yeah, well, first of all, Glenn, I'll be watching tonight. I'm going to be excited uh, to see what you guys uh, talk about in terms of accountability, because that's the frustration that we it all is. had, right? What's what's going to be the accountability? If you look at the 20 LLCs that have been identified, and I would say so far involving uh, Biden family members, as best as I can ascertain, three of them actually have employees. Uh, the other <laughs> 17 are all pass-throughs, Glenn. They're all, they're all pass-throughs. They don't, they don't offer discernible services. They don't sell products. Uh, they don't bring capital to bear. They are pass-throughs, and they receive money uh, from foreign accounts. Again, a lot of them don't even uh, you know, receive domestic transfers of cash. So it, it raises the question, obviously, of what they were created for. And the fact is, no one has been able to explain from the White House what actually Hunter and James and Frank Biden and the other Bidens, what their businesses actually are. What do they actually do? When a, when a Chinese investor, I'll put that in quotation marks, sends them $5 million mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as good faith money. Again, I've, I've never had a businessman say to me, hey, here's good faith money, no strings attached. Um, what does that actually mean? And what are they expecting in return? Because the LLC that's getting the money doesn't do anything. Uh, and that, I think, is the heart of the matter. And I was very excited when the uh, Oversight Committee held the press conference that Congressman Andy Biggs, for example, talked about who is actually sending this money to the Bidens. These are yeah. people in China that are linked to the intelligence services and the fact that was repeated again and again by Congressman Donalds that these Biden businesses don't actually do anything. They're not actual businesses in the sense of selling products or services to anybody. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. John, welcome to the program, sir. How are you? 
Good. Good to be with you. Uh, you are. Um, you've just put out a new book with Brave, Hidden Headlines: A Seymour Clues Mystery, uh, and it's uh, for kids. And we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, but I wanted to get an update from you on the Durham report, the reaction, what's happening today with the witnesses testifying. Uh, what is your overall thought on where we are and what's happening with this? I think we're at a moment where everyday Americans for the first time are getting to understand the consequences of a big, all-powerful, all-intrusive central government in Washington. And I think across many uh, uh, scandals and controversies and hearings, we're now seeing the consequence. We know that the FBI put censorship requests into places like Twitter and Facebook. We just learned, just within the last hour, Glenn, we just learned that the FBI was able to obtain uh, American uh, bank records in connection with the January 6th investigation from Bank of America without needing a subpoena. The bank just turned them over. There was no protection of the civil liberties or financial privacy of Americans in that circumstance. Another example of big government, big intrusion. It's jaw-dropping. I mean, 10 years ago, the ACLU would be out marching, and today there's a yawn in the establishment media, the establishment government, the establishment um, influencers, they simply don't care. And they're tolerating a, a level of intrusion in our lives in the United States government that is unprecedented in American history. And so these whistleblowers came forward. They have uh, compelling stories to tell. One of them is an agent who said, listen, my job is to send open source intelligence of things that might be concerning to the FBI. I sent open source intelligence that there were some people making claims that the director, Christopher Ray, had given inaccurate testimony. And soon I was uh, had my security clearance suspended and my I had my loyalty to my country question. Now, what makes this FBI analyst so interesting? He did two tours of combat duty in Iraq. How does the FBI get the right to choose a challenge that man's loyalty to his country for, by the way, doing his job at the FBI, which was to tell the FBI there was this intelligence out there? We're living in an era where only one side of opinion matters, where only uh, the power of the government uh, has any say over most parts of our lives. It's an incredible, incredible moment in American history. The American experience is changing before our eyes. So uh, are you are you optimistic? I just talked to Peter Schweizer and he said he feels we're making great progress on revealing all of this. And uh, he yes. thinks that we'll we'll see some justice. I'm not sure if we're going to see justice, at least from the federal government. Um, and the government is acting more and more uh, boldly. They're they're openly hostile um, and not kowtowing to Congress or anyone else and engaging in scare tactics for the American people, even though we're on to them and we know they're lying about things. They don't seem yeah. to care. Yeah, listen, a lot of people say there's a fourth uh, branch of government. They don't seem to be answerable to the other three branches of government. I think there is growing, compelling evidence uh, that that is true in certain circumstances, and it can become true in all circumstances if a greater um, effort to stop it isn't mounted. I agree with Peter that we are making enormous progress on the first thing. You have to get to the truth before you can fix the problem. I think we are uh, unmasking more and more abuses, more and more anti-American activities, more and more abusive government behavior. Uh, the oversight committees are doing a very good job in Congress. There are lots of reporters out there now digging and getting stuff, FOIA groups are winning FOIAs. 
uh, whistleblower uh, groups are uh, onboarding whistleblowers. So the exposure and the ability to shine a light on how bad it is and where it is is really, I, I think, a success story. The consequence is the Justice Department's not going to prosecute any of its own. We've seen that time and again. The uh, one opportunity for accountability before an electoral change is uh, that the Congress can use the power of the purse to penalize agencies, programs, and people that have engaged in the sort of activities that most Americans find reprehensible. And so there are lots of signs that this Republican Congress, much like Newt Gingrich's Republican Congress of 95, are, are serious about taking a bite out of the size of government and biting it where it will hurt most, which is in the places where abuse has happened. Maybe the FBI doesn't need its headquarters. Maybe the FBI doesn't need so many intelligence analysts anymore. If it's having happiness seminars for its employees rather than solving crimes, maybe we've given them too much money. Those are the questions lawmakers are. I think the power of the purse will create a lot of accountability, but the ultimate accountability is going to be at the electoral box. Either Americans are going to vote for the people who keep growing the, the size and power of government, or they're going to vote against them and put new people in charge. And that's really the question in 2024. Um, the, um, the IRS whistleblowers or blower, the entire team that was working on the Hunter Biden thing just canned. Um, right. And the IRS will not answer any questions about it. Still. Nope. Uh, hasn't yep. said a word to Congress. Congress is demanding answers. what is happening there? Well, uh, it may not have been the IRS that took this action. Uh, Remarkably, it most likely is the Justice Department who just kicked them out of the investigation. So I think the focus of Congress is very quickly turning from the IRS, which says, listen, this wasn't our call. The Justice Department decides what teams they put on cases. They took our guys out. You got to take it up with them. I think that's what they're learning. This is a Merrick Garland question, much like many of the other questions before us today are Merrick Garland questions. Remember, the IRS's whistleblower isn't that his agency did anything wrong. That's not his claim. His claim is that the Justice Department interfered in career officials' recommendations to bring criminal charges. Now it appears that the Justice Department sidelined the whole team. And beyond the retaliatory reprisal issues that that action takes, think about this. We're in the final stages of the Hunter Biden investigation, according to the media reports, according to my own reporting. They're about to make a decision whether to charge Hunter Biden and with what. And the, the guys who've had the most experience on the tax side, who followed this from the beginning to the end, they're suddenly sidelined. There's a brain drain that could really hamper or maybe help Hunter Biden's uh, defense team hamper the government in making an informed decision. That's another reason to be troubled by this beyond the reprisals that we keep seeing at the FBI, the Justice Department, for sure. So um, the... Um the the investigation you say they're about to make a make charges make a decision uh you had comer last week say you don't do anything until we release our report until you hear my press conference why did he say that i think he wanted to make a point that the uh justice department this is based on what he told me so i I don't want to opine what he is but he actually told me this He wanted to make the point that the Justice Department has been so narrowly focused on the most pecuniary of issues with Hunter Biden. Sure, lying on a gun form is a bad thing. If you didn't pay your taxes or you cheated on your taxes, that's a bad thing. 
His point was there is a much larger scheme, a scheme where money came in, policies changed hands, and more money came in. And most times the people who were targeted for business and were paying up were people who had oligarch-like relationships in corrupt countries and had corruption, legal, or ethical problems that they needed to address with the United States government while Joe Biden was overseeing those parts of the portfolio of the United States government. It's, it, it seemed like an influence peddling scheme and that taxes, according to James Comer, was too small an issue to be focused on. Yeah. And I think people saw a little bit of that with the Romanian oligarch that came out last week. Right Here's mm-hmm. a guy who's trying to get out of trouble and he's paying Hunter Biden thinking that his dad will get him out of trouble. Quite amazing. Uh, let me switch topics with you. Um, the, <laughs> the Treasury Department, I've never seen the Secretary of Treasury go to foreign countries and say, hey, you got to help us put pressure on because uh, these Republicans are going are gonna to hold us to our, uh, uh, to our spending limits. Um, never seen that. Never seen that. No. Now there's also a letter that has gone out and said Treasury needs to stay out of the global warming business. You have no place there. That's not what the Federal Reserve or the Treasury is supposed to be doing. Um, give me the inside scoop on, first of all, the uh, budget. Are, are we seeing any weakening from the White House at all? Well, this is the first time, and you, Glenn, you and I have probably covered a lot of these over the years. Republicans are always were late to the table, and they always got played at the at the last minute in the prior debt, uh, cliff uh, moments we've had. This year, the Republicans, their legislation passed. They had a credible plan, one that actually tests well with polling. People look and say, of course, we want to cut some spending with this. Uh, and Joe Biden hasn't had an answer. He was playing a game of chicken and eventually realized, wait, there's people on my side of the equation, my voters, some of my members in Congress don't agree with this. And he's come to the table. I think he's weakened. One of the problems that Democrats have is that they don't have enough votes on their side to solve this problem. So that's why they're trying to bring foreign powers in to bring pressure. They don't even have the ability to get enough votes among their own uh, uh, members in Congress to get a deal or get a plan that they want. So that's why they're pulling stunts like trying to get foreign government. No foreign government is going to get involved in our, our debt crisis. They know that our politics should end and stop begin and start at our water's edge. It's not their job to get involved in it. Uh, But you see the desperation that uh, the Treasury Secretary had. And keep in mind, it's the same Treasury Secretary that two years ago misled Mm -hmm. the entire world by saying that inflation was transitory when no data indicated it was transitory. So her record of behavior, her record of achievement is not one that a lot of Treasury Secretaries would be proud of. By the way, I just saw a, Utah, uh, a YouGov poll, Kevin McCarthy's job approval ratings. January, it was uh, down 5%, net minus 5. February 14th, uh, net minus 2. April 1st, net plus 7. May 10th, plus 10. So yeah. he's becoming uh, more popular just by, oh, I don't know, doing what the people want him to do um it's john idea. tell me about tell me about the uh idea the uh, book that you did with uh, brave books well first i never thought i'd have a children's book author in my resume at any point and i never thought i would need to write a book or feel compelled to write a book to defend free speech in america but that's really the motivation for this was when when i was getting canceled uh on the hunter biden story and on the early COVID origin story and other stories that i had written the russia collusion there was no outcry among a large segment of america i was perplexed mm-hmm. by it like the censorship is anathema i want i i did a, a little self-discovery and found out there are one or two generations of young adults that went through school and they weren't taught the civics lessons you and i were they weren't taught about the bill of rights 
They weren't told the First Amendment was first for a reason. In fact, some of them told me when I interviewed them that they were told that in some circumstances, government censorship could be a good thing for the larger collective. Now, I have no idea what the larger collective is. It sounds like a Star Trek term, but that's what these <laughs> kids are told. It really was crazy. But they, they, they were being told these things. And I realized, oh, my God, the education system isn't the same. And so when Brave Books, who are just amazing people, yeah, came to say, would you like to do children's book? I said, I want to do it on free speech. We took my son's hamster, uh, a pudgy little guy named Chuck. He's a newspaper editor. He can't get his newspaper out in the hamster village because a mean old uh, koala bear named Carl. Yes, he's, he is modeled after Karl Marx. Clogs the tubes in the uh, in the hamster cage. He gave the newspaper out. He can't warn people there's an impending flood coming. And then a, a courageous dog comes along named uh, Timar Clues, and he solves the mystery, saves the village. And kids learn that if you censor, danger, dangerous things can happen. There's some lessons at the end of the book. But for me, it's it's a it's an opportunity to give moms, dads, aunts, uncles, grandmas, and grandpas an opportunity to share some lessons that their That's children excellent. probably aren't getting in school. That is excellent. Uh, the name of the book is Hidden Headlines. John Solomon is the author. It's Brave Books. who They do amazing work. Thank you so much, John, for everything that you do. Thank you, Glenn. It's an honor to be on your show. It really is. God bless. Na, na, na.